Hello and welcome to the Biz Design Enterprise Architecture Podcast. My name is Will Scott, and in these podcasts, we talk to leaders in the areas of enterprise architecture and how they and their teams deliver value to their organizations in advancing strategy, optimizing operations, and reducing and managing risks. In this session, we speak to Mahesh Kaka. Mahesh is Senior Director of Enterprise Architecture at General Dynamics IT, or GDIT. And we discuss how EA is positioned within GDIT as an enabler rather than a rule enforcer. Mahesh talks about how we implemented a common architect and TOGAF-based language within the EA team and his team's transition from tools such as Excel and Visio to a formal and dynamic EA repository using BizDesign. So let's go to that interview now. So Mahesh, welcome to the, the podcast today. It's my pleasure to have you um, on this session. I think it'd be good for our listeners if you perhaps just introduce yourself and a little bit more about the organization you work for and, and what you do for that organization. Uh, thank you for having me, Will. So I work for GDIT, General Dynamics Information Technology, and I serve as the Senior Director of Enterprise Architecture in the Enterprise IT uh, Services. So GDIT is a very large uh, defense contractor uh, federal uh, serving U.S. federal government. It is one of the several GD business units, right? General Dynamics, uh, we often talk about it. They manufacture everything from you know, electric boats, submarines, Gulf Stream, one of the most well-known brands. And we are there, um, you know, the IT part that serves uh, federal government. Okay. And um, tell us a little bit about your career history. How, how did you end up in this role? What, what sort of was the progression of your career uh, so far? So I think I have been uh, very fortunate to you know, serve in very diverse roles. I, uh, I started, uh, I've been with GDIT for now 21 years. Uh, I started as a you know, software developer and then uh, had uh, subsequent roles serving as a technical lead, technical arch- architect, uh, director of uh, business applications, and later on uh, you know, overseeing the uh, projects, uh, portfolios, and uh, or the project engineering shop. Um, over the last two or three years, my focus has been on IT strategy and enterprise architecture, and it's a role that I really enjoy because it gives me a very diverse uh, you know, viewpoint into the organization versus the previous roles, which were typically more siloed. And uh, that that's probably the most enjoyable part of my you know, EA journey to you know, talk to different stakeholders, different peoples, and get a deep insight into how, how the organization truly functions. You know, oftentimes when I speak to heads of enterprise architecture, I find that their career background is 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 very varied, um, and I think that might make for the best enterprise architect that's had to experience a number of different roles in the organization. Would you say so? Yes. Uh, in fact, um, I recall I was at a, a Gartner meeting where there are several heads of uh, enterprise architecture in, in that gathering, and. Uh, um, one of the uh, questions that was being you know, asked, uh, you know, what do you need in a enterprise architecture in today's world? And uh, I think the, the first and foremost is that you cannot be focused on a single domain, right? You have to be diverse. So it definitely helps if you come from a diverse background because you need some knowledge of infrastructure, some knowledge of uh, business applications, some knowledge of the business architecture and processes, uh, the databases, the cloud software as a service, um, yeah, you may need to be deep in one or two areas, but breadth is very, very essential. And it allows you to talk to, you know, as I said, a diverse set of stakeholders and gain their trust as you converse with them. 
Yeah, and I'm sure in your role, you have to collaborate often and very deeply with those business stakeholders. So having that experience, I'm sure, um, serves you well. So Mesh, tell us a little bit more about enterprise architecture in your organization. You know, what does it do? What's its role? Um, and how's the journey been so far? So I think the enterprise architecture um, in, in GDIT, right? I have a small team of enterprise architects, but we have several other you know, uh, satellite teams that perform different parts. Right? There's a solution architecture team. There's a team that's responsible for you know, understanding and documenting business processes and where they need to be optimized. Uh, there's a team that's responsible for future IT strategy. So my team works closely with all of these teams, as well as the service owners who manage the day-to-day uh, operations. And we, I see role of EA as an enabler. Right? We don't execute and... Uh, you know, we don't deliver something tangential like the projects that have a, you know, once you go live, system runs, you're successful. Uh, so I see my team as an enabler and an influencer. Right? It's, it's, a, uh, it's you know, essentially similar to a soft skill where we need to make sure we provide support to those projects or the projects being planned in terms of having the right information available in the right form at the right, right time. Um, the... Um, I think I think it's great that you use. I like that word, the enabler, because you know I think sometimes enterprise architecture has suffered from the reputation of being the IT police, the guys who say no, the guys who must authorize stuff. And I think that sort of those times have passed that ivory tower role, and the most successful EA teams have to position themselves as that enabler, enabling you for success rather than the approver of your solution architecture. What are you planning? What do you think? Yeah, exactly. Like so, yeah, I don't like when people refer to EAs as you know uh, people in the back office who are just doing you know generating reams of paper and documentation, or just rubber stamping things, or you know the yes or no sayers. It's a, I don't see EAs as the approvers, but we collectively work to make sure everyone is aware what's happening in the organization, and if there are any corrective measures that need to be taken, we work with the respective teams and make sure everything everyone is on the same page as we review and, and approve you know, any, any uh, IT initiatives. And this earlier thing that I mentioned, right? We, I'm not big into you know, doing documentation for the sake of documentation. It's an occupational hazard for the IT industry, but it has to be at the right level of detail and then has to be available in the right form, right? It should not be on a site that no one can find. Yeah. Well, that's good. That brings me on to our next question, because I know you're a big proponent of using frameworks, and I want to ask you about that. But I think also be interested to hear your views on the role of EA to, to have their, their secret specialized language. But once you get out to the business, um, you know, the business doesn't need to know the terms and terminology of TOGAF or Archimate. They're, they're not interested in that, right? They just want to know the, the so what. But talk to us a little bit about the frameworks you're using. I, I believe you're an Archimate shop, but I think you've done something special there. What, what's your what's, what's your plan on that? that? That is correct. So a few years back, when we started on our enterprise architecture journey, my boss, who was at that time the chief architect, uh, you know, we huddled around and talked about the need to adopt a framework. Um, and we ended up you know, all getting certified in TOGAF, the Open Group uh, Architecture Framework. One of the key reasons being that we wanted to make sure we all internally speak the same language, right? And as we talk to stakeholders, we have some framework that we can utilize. And even though we are talking in their language, we have a basis for it that's standardized, where we all understand and agree upon doing things in a certain way. 
And even today, like the elements of TOGAF, especially the layers, right? Concept of layers, the business, the data applications, technology. And we have introduced one more element, security, which is pervasive throughout. We heavily talk about that when we you know, represent the uh, IT enterprise in our models, or we talk about reviews. You know, it's always a conversation about what the business need is first, what data we are talking about, what the stakeholders, and then the application and technology, which are the pillars, but probably the least important part, right? This exists to serve the business. And uh, along with TOGAF, we also adopted Archimate, right? The, one of the most uh, popular um, you know, um, architectural languages for representing enterprise IT. And that language has allowed us to model our IT enterprise in a consistent manner. Our stakeholders rarely ever see the Archimate side of it. You know? But one thing that I do like to tell them that when you are seeing a view or viewpoint that we're sharing, those rectangles are not dumb boxes like you see on a PowerPoint slide or a Visio or something like that, right? These are smart objects with a lot of details, a lot of intelligence, a lot of relationships behind them. And I often, you know, every time I'm showing them something, I always make a point to illustrate that visually that like, see, this is the power yeah. that we have. You know, I can give you n number of details, you know, yeah. on your fingertips in moments. I think and I'm, I'm certainly keen to hear your your journey from Excel Visio PowerPoint to the business design tool you have now. And of course, that's a big power. Obviously, if you just look at a, a chart, you might think, well, why couldn't I do that on Visio? And of course, you could, you know, superficially and aesthetically emulate it. Um, but it's the power of that connected item that's truly a repository based item rather than just a static box that is a box. You know, one thing I'm curious about, um, and it just struck me, when it comes to staffing your team, the fact that you've sort of standardized on Archimate, does that make it easier to hire enterprise architects? Does that make their onboarding faster because they're also using the Archimate? Like if they're already certified in Archimate, they can get up to speed faster as opposed to you use, perhaps using your own custom framework? I think for most part, for us, the way it worked out was we had a small team that all got certified and we learned about it together. And as we have brought on new team members, it has not been a prerequisite, but it's something fairly like easy to adopt. And we have been able to you know, bring new people on the team, you know, fam get them familiar with TOGAF, Archimed, and the tool that we use for modeling with design. Um, so yeah, it, it's not been a difficult tool or framework to adopt in my perspective there's a learning curve yes but once you get the hang of it it becomes fairly easy right and then you're all speaking that same language so when i say application you know what i mean by application right which is not necessarily what the business user understands by application or something like exactly. that so we've talked about the frameworks we've talked about these dynamic repository based objects that are hyper connected um Hesh, as you and i know you got to feed that beast with data and there's data coming from all sorts of external systems, whether it's a CMDB or the PPM or something like that. Can you talk a little bit about the data journey you've gone through there at GDIT, where you stand now, perhaps what the future holds for you? Yeah, so I think going back, right, uh, recalling the days when we did not have an EA tool and we were essentially making a business case to our CIO that we need to adopt a tool, right? We can't be you know, living in this Microsoft Office uh, tools uh, world, even though I love Excel to death, and it's probably the world's most favorite uh, tool, uh, and it serves a purpose, but managing your IT enterprise and information about it in Excel with your PowerPoint only takes you uh, so far. 
Right? Yeah. And uh, once we made the case of uh, case for it, we were able to demonstrate value in fairly short order, right? In four to six months, you can prove to your stakeholders, whether it's senior management, business stakeholders, or you know, working stakeholders, or IT architects, that you know a tool uh, provides you a lot of uh, value. Right. And mm-hmm. and what are the data sources that you're using? Yeah. To- so initially, from uh, you know, we had those sources like the Excel spreadsheets from multiple sources, right? GDIT actually acquired CSRA about three years back. CSRA is the company where I came from. And we had this loads of Excel repositories or a SharePoint list or some raw data in many forms, right? So that was the first step to make sure we get it organized, get it into the you know, uh, tool. And since that point, we have not gone back to using Excel or those tools ever, right? There's sometime a need where we need to import some new source of data. That's when we go back to it. And I think the biggest challenge that I see with maintaining a you know, uh, enterprise architecture, architecture tool is the need to keep it current. Right? And for that, we have been constantly working on adopting and refining our processes. Uh, one um, uh, manner that we have used that has been working well for us is that we have started piggybacking on existing processes, the project lifecycle as you implement, right? From the initial gateway, something gets approved for planning purposes to the point it's approved for execution uh, through design reviews uh, to the implementation production. So I have my team members who, are, who attend all of these different you know, gates or meetings and bring back the information uh, that we need to uh, absorb in the tool. So this helps our uh, stakeholders and input providers that we are not saddling them with a new responsibility, right? We just absorb what we need and bring it back. But with, with some teams, like, teams, for example, like our service owners who manage large application portfolios, say HR application portfolios, what we have done is we have set up like periodic touch points. So we meet with the designated stakeholders every say three months, uh, review what we have, get their feedback, get things up to date and corrected. And then we also you know, make sure they review it and sign off that, yes, this is current. So we have some you know, faith in the data that we have, right? Because a lot of uh, our views are self-service views. We don't like to be the, you know, ask for a PDF and provide a PDF. We want to make sure it's at users' you know, fingertips, right? They can go to the browser and get what they want. So, you know, all the views that we have, they always show, you know, who is the owner of the view, which stakeholder has reviewed it at what point of time. So there's some trust, right? And trust is essential when it comes to you know, data. It's very essential that the consumers trust it. Yeah. I, I, oftentimes I've heard when the case is being made for a formal tool to replace, you know, Excel, Busy, or PowerPoint, or EBP, as we say here in business design, you know, that business case consists typically of the following three claims. The speed at which we can produce the right required materials, no longer does it take a week to produce a solution architecture, it takes an hour or whatever it might be. The accuracy, because this is all now repository back, we're not waiting for updates, it's accurate. And then the cost, which is, you know, your cost, your team's cost, it all takes time, which all equals money to do that. Was, was that the sort of elements of the case you made? Exactly. I think the speed to insight matters, right? And I'll give you an example. That's one of my favorite examples. Um, this is going back when I was working for CSRA, the company that GDIT acquired, right? My boss at that time came to me and said, Mahesh, I want you to provide you, uh, me a list of all of our business applications that are hosted in AWS cloud. And uh, how soon can you give it to me? I said, yeah, 30 minutes. 
the reason I had all the data in the tool, right? Data was in the format that was needed. We had information about which system is hosted in which data center, which cloud. All we needed to do was create a dynamic view, make sure you format it correctly and give it to them. Right. And then much later I found out it was part of a due diligence request as we were being acquired. Um, and uh, it made a lot of sense, right? If I had to you know, do a fire drill, reach out to 10 people, get the data, get it validated and send it back. It would have taken me a week or more. Right? And I was able to produce it in, in 30 minutes. And that, that was an example that illustrated why having a rightly implemented tool uh, matters. It is definitely, it pays many times over what you invest. Right. And you mentioned security before. And I know defense industries are highly targeted. I mean, it strikes me now when a software company might announce a vulnerability in a database or an application, what have you, you need to know fairly instantaneously what systems are impacted by that. And presumably now with that tool at your fingertips, that's a, I wouldn't say it's a press of a button, right? But it's not weeks of data gathering. Exactly. Right? So when you find something that, you know, when you have, uh, says something detected where you need to go and patch you know, Windows Server 2016 servers, you need to quickly know, right? Where those servers are, which applications they are serving, and then you can target and get. And we have had similar use cases that I won't go into details of, but we have uh, been doing that, and there are more uses, use cases that we have come up with where we are trying to make sure we have the you know, latest and the greatest data available you know, yeah. as soon as you know, it's possible or you know, at a very rapid pace. Yeah. I'm interested in your, your journey from Excel Visio PowerPoint to BizDesign's platform. Um, you know, as you said before, you love Excel. I love Excel as well. The great thing about Excel is you are unbounded as to what you can do and you can do anything you like. The bad thing about Excel is you're unbounded in what you can do and you can do anything you like. And typically when you get those really complex interconnected spreadsheets with deeply nested, you know, if then formulas, you're the only guy who knows how that works. And if you go, you know, that sort of institutional knowledge evaporates. But it's also very hard to wean people off those tools as well. So not so much about implementation, Mahesh, you know, in-store, import data. I think that's just work. But culturally, from a people perspective, procedurally, how is that journey to, to implement the tool and, and move from that world of Excel to, to something um, more fit for purpose? So I think it's, it's something that I always try to you know, sell. And I ask my team to do the same thing that we have to sell and you know, showcase the value of the tool. Right? And um, I often offer teams who maintain, for example, their own data flow diagrams, right? Like what data is flowing within the enterprise or outside the enterprise. And I tell them that you don't need to maintain this in Visio or PowerPoint. We have the data. We will build for you what you need in the format you need. All I need your help with is to make sure we keep the data correct and current. And once teams start seeing the value of it, they actually come with their own use cases, the views they want. So sometimes it does take some time and patience till you prove it to them that this is a better place to go to. But you know, sooner or later they realize it makes sense. You know, because the other thing is you can connect the dots, right? So from a data flow diagram, you know, you can see which application, for example, is hosted where or who is the stakeholder, right? So there's there's a lot more than those static diagrams. And once they see the value of it, I think they definitely appreciate and, and come back for more. Right. But it's as you say, it's a journey. You've got to educate them. You've got to sort of move them onto that new path. So Mahesh, what, what does the future hold for you? What's interesting 
what interesting projects do you have coming up that you're you're looking to? So I think um, my mind goes back to a conversation that I had with our uh, global CIO when uh, showing her the impl- the version one of the implemented um, EA tool, and she asked my so when you'll be done, and I told her that this uh, that this is a journey. And the work never stops. And she told me, Mahesh, you are talking like a lawyer. And I said, no, but this is a, this is a fact, right? Because uh, there's never ending stream of data and information coming our way. Um, GDIT, I think we have gotten past our integration projects, right? We had two huge companies um, that merged. So we have a single set of systems. There's a lot of data that we now need to uh, you know, mine and exploit and capitalize on. So we have quite a few uh, focus areas identified as we move forward. Uh, one of them is making sure we, as we move forward on our journey of data management, data governance, we support it from enterprise IT perspective, uh, modeling it in the way that makes sense. So it's easy to understand who are the data owners, who are the data stewards, uh, what is our data like, what the sensitivity of data, who needs to consume it, all of that information. Um, there's also a significant desire to track the IT or technical debt, as some people refer to, uh, in a meaningful way. So that's something that we are working on where we can provide you know, a dashboard to our senior management uh, where they can see you know, what are things in the enterprise that are costing us one way or the other, whether it's old systems, old servers, old databases, um, multiple applications performing same job, and you need to you know, get rid of one or the other, uh, things like that, right? So people have data in their head or in bits and pieces. One of my goals is to make sure we collect it in a meaningful way and provide it back to the same people, uh, same teams so they can use it as a planning tool or as a you know, driving factor to plan their future work and be effective in it, right? So we don't have fire drills that, oh, the you know, Windows IE, um, 11 supports ending in nine months. Need to find out all the systems that need to be upgraded. We should have this information ahead of time so teams can look at it, plan, and, and be better placed. I think that, that I mean, that's a great use case, especially you know for a large organization like GDIT that's grown through acquisition. I'm sure you find yourself oftentimes with application sprawl, technology sprawl, right? And I think everyone knows intuitively there's got to be some efficiencies here if only we could put our arms around and understand what we have, we can make more informed decisions. So it sounds like you are delivering exactly on that requirement to provide that insight to the decision makers so they can decide how to rationalize going forward. Um, so Mahesh, I'd, I'd like to thank you for your time today. It's always fascinating to hear the EA journey. And it's particularly interesting this time to hear about your journey moving from Excel Visio PowerPoint to um, a, a fit for purpose tool, the BizDesign's uh, Horizon platform, and some of the nuances in that in that uh, transformation as well. But Mahesh, thanks so much for your time. And hopefully we'll get you back on maybe in a year's time and catch up with you and see how things are going then. But thanks for your time, Mahesh. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that session and hearing about the journey of enterprise architecture within General Dynamics IT. I think Mahesh's approach of positioning EA as an enabler or an accelerator to execute against strategy is a powerful one and many lessons to be learned from that team's transformation as they move from non-fit-for-purpose tools such as Excel and Visio to a standard language, framework, and enterprise architecture repository.
For more podcasts, blogs, and recorded webinars, please visit us at bizdesign.com where there's a wealth of information available. And if you'd like to tell your EA story and feature on this podcast, then please email me, Will Scott, at podcast at bizdesign.com. BizDesign is a leader in the area of enterprise architecture software and supports enterprise architecture teams in delivering value to their organizations with a key focus on the value outcomes of strategy advancement, operational efficiency, and reducing risk. Thanks for your time today.